Benvindo. Hello, welcome back to Coffee Books. Today we are continuing on in the journey of The Curious Barista's Guide to Coffee, written by Tristan Stevenson. Let's continue. Buying your own espresso machine. The truth is that making true espresso at home is wasteful, messy, time-consuming, and costly. It's far better to go to a cafe and get someone there to make espresso for you. If you don't have a cafe nearby, there are two further options. The first is to accept that espresso is too much trouble. Buy a good grinder and try one or more of the traditional brewing options detailed between pages 126 through 159. The second option is to join the dark side and buy an espresso machine. These machines are basically pressurized coffee makers that produce espresso-style coffee, using the term loosely, using pods containing ground coffee. Buying a Nespresso machine means leaving nearly all of your decision-making abilities at the door. The choice of espresso blends are pre-ground, packaged, and assigned a suitably nauseating name. Designed to evoke an emotional connection, Nestle grind their coffee in state-of-the-art, water-cooled roller mill grinders that operate in a virtually oxygen-free environment. But it can't beat freshly ground stuff. The good news, however, is that you can now buy empty pods, and once you start filling the empty pods with your own coffee, the dynamic changes entirely, and it might just be you who has the last laugh. Making Espresso Espresso is a method of percolation through a fine metal filter. What differentiates it from normal gravity percolation is pressure. The espresso machine's ability to force water through a coffee bed at high pressure means that the coffee itself can be ground very fine indeed, yet still allow proper percolation and balanced extraction. So what? Well, this is of great benefit because very fine coffee grounds means a very quick extraction, since the surface area increases at an exponential rate as the coffee grounds get smaller. It gets better, though. High pressure also forces water into the interior cell walls of the coffee grounds, extracting stuff that gravity alone would never manage, such as emulsifying oils and dissolving sugars. The product is a complex and concentrated representation of coffee, with a body and texture that cannot be found in any other type of brewing. The trick to espresso, as with every other brew method, is good extraction. See pages 77 to 78. It sounds simple, but the problem we face with espresso is the intensity of the process. Venturing to get the very best out of a coffee in an exceedingly short space of time presents similar issues to that of washing yourself with a fire hose in 30 seconds. Good extraction in espresso means a balanced array of aromatic and taste compounds. I'm talking structured bitterness, crisp acidity, and lasting sweetness the same stuff that we aim for with any type of coffee brewing method. Although all coffees will give up their goods slightly differently, and you can't beat tasting to check quality, eyeballing the extraction rate can, as a bare minimum, tell you when a shot will definitely taste bad. A double espresso usually weighs around 30 to 45 grams or 1 to 1 and a half ounces, and should take 25 to 35 seconds to manifest in its entirety, based on the needs of the coffee. Where one coffee, and I am about to generalize, say a light roasted Kenyan, may prefer a long, dripping, 30 plus second extraction to overcome acidity, another coffee, like a dark Brazilian, 
might be better suited to a punchier approach to rein in bitterness. As a general rule of thumb, it's the acids that extract first. This is why under-extracted, faster-flowing espresso has a sour taste to it. Next up is sweetness, and this is a harder one to gauge because roasted coffee contains very little in the way of actual sugar. Sweetness is as much a perception as anything, but it's typified by good body, associated aromatics, and a chewy texture. Finally, it's the bitter flavors that come last, slower dissolving, long compounds that give the cup balance but can easily overpower it in overextracted shots. So what of aroma? Aromatic qualities are a large part of what differentiates one espresso for another, but pulling shots with an aim of a specific aromatic profile is nigh on impossible. The aromatics in the cup are not a reflection of the barista's skill but that of the roaster and coffee grower. What can be altered is the way in which the aromatics are perceived through the tweaking of the taste profile. A barista can dial up the acidity in a shot, for example, which might highlight orange or grapefruit aromatics. The same shot, pulled a little tighter, may taste more bittersweet, giving the effect of chocolate orange, or perhaps grapefruit marmalade. This chapter covers an in-depth look into the art of brewing espresso. Before jumping in, be sure that you have read the sections on water, see pages 75 to 76, extraction and brew ratio, pages 77 to 80, and grinding, see pages 82 to 93, for a basic understanding of coffee brewing. Water temperature. As with any brew method, water temperature plays a part. If you're just starting out, espresso brew temperature shouldn't be too much of a concern as there are plenty of other factors to contend with already. But brew ratio, coffee roast level, coffee variety, and processing all can have an effect on the optimal brew temperature. Not all espresso machines have the function to adjust group head brewing temperature anyway. But the general rule of thumb is that the darker roasts require a lower brew temperature, 90 to 92 degrees Celsius or 194 to 190 degrees Fahrenheit, and lighter roasts a higher brew temperature, 93 to 95 degrees Celsius or 199 to 203 degrees Fahrenheit. Dosing and distributing. A dose of ground coffee, ranging anywhere from 14 to 22 grams, or half to three quarter ounce, is placed in the clean filter basket of the group handle. The exact amount you will use depends on the size of the basket itself, as they vary in capacity but also the desired size and strength of the drink you are making. You'll know if you've overfilled when the portafilter refuses to lock into the group head. Don't underfill either, as this leaves too much headspace over the coffee, which can cause the cake to get all mushy, leading to greater inconsistency in flow rate. Be sure to weigh how much coffee you are using at least to begin with, as this will be used to calculate the brew ratio while the shot is pouring. Note that the grounds may require some degree of redistribution by and at this stage, but it will vary on how the model grinder drops the grounds in the first place. Thank you for listening. We'll leave off here today near the bottom of page 105. See you next morning. Good day and good coffee, friends. <laughs>